three, two, one. Welcome to System of Soul, Chris and Ben here, and uh, we are excited to bring to you today uh, Will Scott. Will Scott is the founder of the Culture Fix Academy and the author of The Culture Fix. Will, welcome to System of Soul. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Ben, for having me. Delighted to be here. Thank you for sending me your book. And here, I, I just like, here's my question. Like, it's called The Culture Fix, right? Yeah. Yes. Will, can you tell us what's broken? <laughs> well, so one thing I don't like to do is think that we're coming in to fix your culture, because that's not what we're about. But we are about being addicted to culture, you know, and getting a fix of culture. Ah. And, 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 and actually, although I say that, that's not the way we act, but I do believe some cultures do need to be fixed. And uh, so it's called the culture fix because it really is a very easy, we call, we call it nine deeds in 90 days to step-by-step -step, um, implementation of how to go from having core values to having a valued culture. Because as, as we know, lots of people have got core values, but how many have a valued culture? Mm. I, I, and really, I just talk about what I did in my own companies as an entrepreneur and leader of my own companies. Uh, it's, it's, it's the practice that, that we had to have that thriving culture is, right. is what's laid out in the book. And is, is what was also spelled out now in the culture fix Academy and made available to everybody. You're, you're highlighting something that I love and I want to dig into for a second. And then I'm going to ask you how you did it. But one of my hypotheses is that entrepreneurs tend to either go into their businesses with a lot of system mindset or a lot of soul mindset and you being focused on culture and running that on culture it sounds like you were a very soulful forward entrepreneur but you just talked about a nine-step process to ensure <laughs> culture right so it's beautiful how the system can elevate the soul and the soul can elevate the system um, so I love that. Just kudos to you. It's a great illustration of what we've been talking a lot about. Can you take us through, uh, you don't have to do a deep dive on all nine, but what, give us a sense of what that looks like, what you're talking about. Yeah. So I appreciate the sort of the challenge and the appreciation there, Benj, because um, I like to say strategy is to thought as culture is to feelings. And you're right. Most business systems are all about thought and strategy. And we're ignoring, of course, what it is to be human, the other side, which is about feelings. And I believe, which is why I love the name of your company, System and Soul, I believe that if you bring those two together, if you, if you pay attention not only to strategy, which, of course, is very important, but also to the way people feel while they're acting out that strategy, then that's ideal. And um, you're right. Uh, I have brought a process to the business of actuating culture within a company. And I, I really break it into three phases, alive, thrive, and drive, right? You got to bring your culture alive, make it thrive, and then use it to drive performance. So the bring the culture alive part is really around very carefully wordsmithing the definition of your, of your um, core values. And the thrive part is making sure that it is literally alive and thriving every day, that it's depicted graphically, because then we are really tapping all the, the, um, the senses and it's in front of people in a memorable way. And I love, you know, tapping 
all the arts, music, film, uh, graphics to bring those uh, those core value words alive. And then the drive part is really about where the rubber hits the road. I feel like a lot of people do this beautiful definition. They put the poster on the wall and they think their job is done. But that's where the hard work really begins and where visionaries fall down because visionaries get bored of doing it every week and you need a yeah. great integrator yeah who's gonna you know i mean yes visionaries can lead culture but i still think you need someone who's making sure we're talking about it and every day and and in that drive part there bench is things like you know interviewing for culture fit unhiring how do you score people against a cultural definition um and you know the sort of aspects of like that well, are there are there cultural characteristics that a company has to have in order to build a thriving culture? Well, I, I, are you alluding to the fact that, of course, we want to tease out the values that exist and not? I mean, everybody up. wants integrity and honesty, right? <laughs> like, like those yes. cookie cutter ones. Yeah, yeah. And listen, I mean, I, I, I kind of learned this the hard way myself in my first company in 1999, which I still own today. Um, I, I wrote my first set of core values for that company in 2001, about two years after we formed it, and I did have integrity. Um, as and teamwork and things like that is one of our core values. Um, but today, I believe in, in you know in making the core value definitions much more creative, interesting. I like I like a company to be able to say we are the only company in the world with these values. You know, and and integrity can still be in there. Integrity, um, you know, it, it's really somewhat table stakes, isn't it now? Um, so I when I work with clients. Um, there may be good reasons for keeping some of those more hackneyed values, but I do encourage folks to have more, more memorable, more, more different, more creative uh, words to their values wherever sure. possible. Yeah. Where does, um, when we think about culture, I'll take us out of our engineer hats of, of engineering culture, but like when we just think about culture, Maybe, maybe I'm going to date myself like two or three years or five or 10 years by saying this, but there was a, there was a fad that like culture was about ping pong tables and beer on tap. And I think what we were trying to do in that era was create a culture that people enjoyed being in. Um, how important is that actually from the work that you've done versus we just want values and a culture that has the common set of people based on these values that all work well together yeah. versus like, like the fun element. Does the fun yeah. element actually matter? Yeah, no, I love that. And you know what? You, you may think that's two or three years ago, but people are still doing that today. I'll talk to people in the pub and they'll say, you know, oh, we've got a great culture. We've got ping pong table. We do beer at four o'clock on Fridays, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, then, and then I say, well, okay, but yeah, but how do you feel working there? And sometimes, of course, companies that are providing those do also have a great culture. But how many companies have got the ping pong table and no one's playing it? How sure. many people have beer at four o'clock on a Friday and nobody or very few people or the same clique always shows up? You know, that is for sure not the definition of culture. I like to ask people, really, how do you feel? You know, and if people feel great when they walk into the office at the beginning of the day, if they love where they work and who they work with 
And then at the end of the day, when they leave, they feel like they've done something meaningful for the world. Then I believe you're going to keep that person. That person's going to be motivated and engaged, whether you have a ping pong table or not. Um, so, and even if you have a ping pong table, I still think you need, generally you need tournaments, you need kind of managed energy to get people participating in that and getting away from their email and stepping up and getting their blood flowing and that sort of thing. <laughs> but, um, none of my, none of my work and all the culture work I do, I'm really not talking about those kinds of fun things or even the summer picnic. I, th mm. I think they're helpful, but I'm much more about and intentional about helping people discern what their cultural definition is and then make sure they're alive and leading the business with that. This episode is brought to you by Titus Talent Strategies. Titus Talent Strategies exists to equip companies to make the best attraction, engagement, hiring, and development decisions to meet their organization's people and performance objectives. We're here to help you get the right people in the right seats and be the best team members they can be, guaranteed. This is not your traditional recruiting model. Our approach has led to measurable results for our clients and lasting partnerships. Learn more at TitusTalent.com. So I know every culture is unique. I feel like you just landed on a definition of what a successful culture might look like. And I missed I, I was trying to take notes and I missed the first one. You ended in meaningful work, but there were a couple of yeah. points before that. Yeah. So, so they love where they work and, and who they work with. Okay. Yes. Does it matter what they, like when you say they love where they work, what are the ingredients of that? Yeah. Thanks. So, so, th so that is all the aspects that you would hope for in, in terms of, you know, a great place to work. Um, great, great calls, you know, HR policy, um, you know, the sort of structural things that protect employees and make them feel feel good and, and, and valued. Um, and then that they're working with people who with a shared set of values and that um, they have ways to, for example, I like to say notice and nominate. That's lift up somebody who is uh, demonstrating a core value. And then culture 2.0, once they're sort of sophisticated enough, doing the catch and correct that, which is really powerful, where you're actually catching people where they are not behaving in concert with the core values. And people are empowered with a language to correct that. Um, that is just a, you know, a beautiful place when you get to a company with that maturity of emotional intelligence around their cultural definition. I'm curious, Will, how do we get to that maturity? maturity level like because you 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 nail the title of the core value and then um we you go through your process and you make it this really cool fun entertaining way to describe it mm. how do you turn that into like physical organizational habits well uh so for example i think the most important thing you can do once you've sort of had the fanfare of your core values launch is the notice and nominate scheme and where you are. And, and then in my case, in my companies, when I was growing very fast um, in six years, I took my mobile app company, um, me and my partner took the mobile app company from about a million dollars to $12 million in six years. We were having town halls every week and talking about core values every week, but mm. at least monthly, 
you're having an all hands meeting and that's when you're really telling this or, or you're having your employees tell the story about when they notice somebody committing a core value and those stories of course become folklore they be, they they can prime your interview questions when you're looking for cultural fit and um so the notice and nominate scheme is one very important area uh to to do it of course in meetings i love the daily huddle hey quick shout out anybody to catch somebody committing a core value yesterday uh you know and then um and then like i said get into the drive elements but uh I would say that's sort of the, the 1.0 type stuff. But then I like to encourage people to have a language around their core values that enables them to do this catch and correct. And part of the review process, of course, they are also using the core score to rank folks against the core values and rank teams. What a great thing that is. You know, oh, yeah. how's the marketing team yeah. rank according to the core score versus, say, the sales team? Which teams need, need more need more help, you know, achieving those cultural uh, um, standards. And um, so, yeah, the course score enables you to go green, yellow, red on, on everybody in the company. And I, it's, it's always very entertaining, you know, a hundred employees that say, Oh, look at these folks that are, that are red, that are scoring, let's say, you know, a, a five out of 20 on your, on your core values score. And that gut feeling that you had that you could never put a number to, now you've got the number and it helps you then say, okay, and unhire those folks, the fastest way to change culture. Unhire those low scoring uh, folks, give some training to the Ambers, make sure you're, put, you're putting your, your greens in the culture czar's role and you've got that culture that you've always wanted. Okay, so, so if, <laughs> are you saying is, if, so if I'm a, a, a manager, I have a manager and a manager, right? Yeah. And what I, I imagine you have some sort of cadence to how often you're doing these reviews. Right. And let's say that, uh, you know, th does red mean on hire? I mean, or. Uh, uh, yeah, it really can. So so the leadership team needs to do this. And depending on the size of company, and the number of employees, um, because, you know, in, in a larger group, you know, let's say 200 or, you know, 1,000 employees, whatever, of course, you've got to devolve that. But in so a lot of the companies that we work with, that 20 to 200 employees, uh, yeah, if there really are a red score, you probably can't train them. They're not going to get your culture. They're not going to move up into, into fitting with your core values. And, and, and they're probably um, causing some of the problems in the company. In fact, what I typically find, guys, is, is that, I, if I work with the leadership team, there's these names keep coming up, the problem names in the company, right? I say, hey, let's do a course score. Bam, there they are in the red zone. And they go, oh, yeah, they're just a really poor culture fit. They're never going to get it. Yes, I like to say unhire those guys, not fire, because firing to me, I don't like that word at all. That puts all the blame on the employee. But we hired them. Right? right. So to me, we we both messed up. It's an uncoupling. It's an unhiring. And it's a conversation. And by the way, have that conversation looking at the core values. Hey, Fred, let's talk about you and teamwork. Let's talk about you and collaboration and so on. And uh, very often I have seen those guys say, oh, maybe this isn't the right place for me. Yeah. Yeah. We've noticed that you are a lone cowboy. You like to go and work on your own. You do a great job. But one of our values here, what's very important in this company is collaboration and teamwork, you know? And so, oh, okay. And 
boy, people are not using the core values enough in the in the important conversations in the company. Well, I don't, so, I don't think a, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs realize they actually can like design and engineer the culture they want. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and and of course, I do. That's why. That's where unhiring and hiring is the fastest way to actually get there, and is a and is a big part of our of our actuation program when we go into companies. Yeah. Yeah. They can absolutely have the culture they they want. Otherwise, they end up with don't they the default culture, which is, and a lot of them get there. So a lot of a lot of founders ask me to come. Well, I don't like the way the culture feels in my own company anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. usually the people they've hired, and they're not managing to values, and um, yeah, all all the time. I think it's it's that, and it's really not that hard, you know. And, and I think a lot of the stuff that's in in in, in the book, the culture fix. Absolutely lays out that 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 groundwork for how to get the culture that you've always wanted. I love that unhire idea. I'm totally stealing it and we use it because it makes perfect, <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Like it, it does. It's, it's a it's a co-ownership of the the problem and solution. Um, I, this may be a tangent, but play with me for a second. I was with a, a business partner and we were talking about how you know the great resignation that we're in right now and how many people are, yeah. are leaving and we were talking about that in the context of culture and he said i just read this report do you know what the number one factor of somebody leaving the organization is and i was like you know i guessed a couple things totally wrong of course and he said do you have a guess well we always i, I guess that this is not the answer i'm sure but we always used to say it's usually the boss right who you worked for was what right. drove most people away yeah yeah but today it's probably different well that was one of my bad guesses wrong guesses yeah. Uh, he actually said it's whether or not that person has someone in the company that they work closely with that they would identify as a close friend. I thought that was so interesting um, because there used to, I think there used to be this like separation of church and state, right? Like we go to work, we have our work yeah. people, we go home and, and I, it might be the shift to a, a new generation in the workplace or just this craving of relationship that we're not getting in a digital age i don't know this is what i've pondered since this conversation just like as leaders of organizations what do we do to foster those one-on-one -on -one peer relationships to a deeper level when it comes to culture we talk about this top down but it's almost yeah. like we need to start fostering this sideways yeah well it, th th that is a good segue there isn't it to talk about because i i, I know there's th there's a very famous um uh, New York marketing uh, guy who's got a <laughs> very successful marketing company who um, who says that, you know, hiring for cultural fit is sort of passe because you don't want to end up hiring people that are like you. But to me, that's completely missing the point of what a strong cultural definition is. And I like to believe a, culture, a strong cultural definition where, where it really is based on values that can absolutely include all the diversity in the world, right? Yeah, sure. And and uh, and yet it gives you that language to manage and lead with, and it helps people when you're not there, know how to behave and make decisions the same way that you and the other cultures ours would would make it. You know, the the, the whole D E and I, and I understand why it exists and why we need it, but I believe the best diversity, equity, and inclusion you can have is a strong set of core values where everybody genuinely, and they don't need to be told, they genuinely 
are that way. They genuinely have values of inclusivity and values of equity, regardless of, of, of the individual, mm -hmm. you know, then th that's the best way to lead. So why not, you know, have that intentional culture, as you said, Chris, hire for that, unhire if they do not have those values. And then you don't need to bring the hammer of the H and H, uh, human resources nut of DE and I. Um, now, I, I do think it still applies. I think you need to have those, but the best way to make sure people are living them is to have those be natural values for the individuals and lift them up every day. This is who we are as a company. This is how, what we believe and demonstrate every day that you're doing it that way. Mm. You, you've done, you have practical experience, you have researched this, this subject. And we're, we're talking about, we're really talking through the lens of the owner. And, and, and what about the, what about through the prospective employee? What are they, what are they looking for? Like, I'm sure that's the other side of the coin that you probably did some research on, right? <laughs> yeah, yes, but I, I would like to believe it's really the same thing, at least in cultural terms. You know, what's good for the CEO is good for middle management and is good for your, the intern. And that is, um, you know, one, one of the, I think one of the first things to talk about there is safety, right? Yeah. And yeah, a, psychological safety, right? Psychological safety, and yeah, it's a bit like you know joining joining the the, the a high performing sports team, and you're the outsider. Just the best thing is make that person feel as welcome as they can, as you can, you know. So I think yeah, psychological safety is number one, and then when they get there, they 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 have all you know. They're explained about what our cultural definition is and the values and what the core purpose is. Very important. What are we trying to do as a company? What do you want to achieve? What's our why? Have sure. great words to the why. So, so, so then I arrive day one. I'm made very welcome. I'm feeling safe. Now they tell me how we like to work here. Of course, I actually want this to happen before day one of a new employee. <laughs> but, but that they um, then I know how to interact with my colleagues. I know that the values are coming up every week in some shape or form, and I have a way to lift up my colleagues when when they I see them doing that. And I know what the company is trying to do, you know, over the next three years in terms of the core target or, or their, their core purpose. So, um, so I, I, like I said, I think it's, it's, it's good for everybody when that is yeah. nice in, in a great definition. It's very memorable, easy to recall. The words are kind of catchy. Maybe there's, maybe there's rhymes involved. Um, you start your town hall with the company theme song that's culturally done, maybe written by the company itself right mm -hmm. maybe you've, you've got a mm -hmm. poem or something written that has your core values you have you have the musicians in the company get together and write a little song for it then you make the movie you know and and you've got all these cultural assets mm -hmm. that are just tapping all the senses and bringing the culture alive for you so that yeah. it starts to have a life on its own you know what happened for me in my company one christmas my team gave me outfits. So we had characters. We characterized all our values. For example, we had captain client, right? For clients come first. And um, I had a, a blue cape and a, and, and a hat and, and a mask that they gave me one Christmas. And I would wear those at the town hall. And I would come out dancing with it when, when, uh, to, to our own theme song, which was actually <laughs> those days a Black Eyed Peas um, song let's let's get it started oh yeah here <laughs> yeah go ahead will bust it up <laughs> 
<laughs> so I want to go back on you just a tad because you just made me think of something. So you have these these beautiful descriptions, right? Yeah. And I assume that you're going to use them on the front end, probably really, really to the front end of the hiring process, right? Because they're a filter, I would imagine. Because core values, like you're, to your point, yeah, those people may naturally um, exhibit those behaviors that support the company's core values just naturally. And and so the core value then becomes a filter on the front end of hiring, right? Yes. Because I imagine you share them and that person is going to either feel a connection or not. Yes, absolutely. So I do agree. And I know some people uh, don't disagree with this, but I, I believe core values should be, you know, loud and proud out there and on your website and there for all to see. And, and, and people, when you're interviewing people, they really can't game that, even though they might think they can, because we use stories and we ask them to tell stories. And of course, yeah. we dig into the stories. So um, I do believe you can screen for cultural fit and really test whether people are a good fit, even though they're aware of your core values coming in. But yes, I do think that helps people know, is this company gonna, is, am I gonna succeed here? Do I resonate with these values? And so it, it helps, you know, it helps them make bad mistakes as well as, as, well as you as the hiring company. Mm. Um, but yeah, I do. I, I believe they, they, sh they should know them. You can still test for it when they come in for, for the interviewing process. Um, and again, there's things, things that we, we, we cover in more detail in, in, in the culture fix. Yeah. Well, I want to get your opinion on a question. I'm going to give you two examples to set up the question. So you walk in and the company has a value of, like you said earlier, teamwork or collaboration. Yeah. But then you have a role that is an individual contributor. Yeah. Or you have a, you have like, you know, you're a tech startup, whatever, and you've got a, a value of, you know, go fast and make mistakes. Right. And then you've got your bookkeeper who you really don't want making mistakes, right? Like it's like, go slow and don't make any mistakes. You run into that where they're like, there's, there's good ideas that feel good, their values, but in reality, they're not, they don't apply to everyone. You know, I do believe ultimately that when you're leading with a culture, everybody in the company does need to demonstrate that behavior to, to at least some degree. Now, let's say you've got four or five values, and maybe they're weaker on one or two, but as long as they're strong on the three and they're scoring at least in amber and are trainable to be to, to reach the green, then you know they're going to be a great contributor, and you're going to be able to lead that lead that successfully as a culture. But if they are just not scoring on any of the core values, then it, it's it, that, it it's not going to work. I, and I've seen it so many times. Um, that person is going to create a lot, is going to be a lot of noise for management. And they're also probably hard to work with for the rest of the company. And the most healthy thing you can do is let that person go and thrive in a different culture and hire somebody that, that, that is going to fit. But there's another aspect to your question, I think, which is this idea of, of um, so for example, Tavera is a company where, I, you know, who, who, completed the culture fulfillment program, Minneapolis-based uh, software company, actually Hudson, Wisconsin, which is very close to Minneapolis. But um, they have two interesting core values because they do have collaboration as one of their core values, but they also have driven as one of their values. Driven is about that more individualistic, I know how to work on, on 
on alone, unsupervised, and they're looking for folks that are brave enough and empowered and can grow and, and, and pursue, right? They're looking for that driven characteristic, but they need to do that and also be collaborative. And it's totally possible. And I actually love it when some core values are set up as sort of a juxtaposition almost. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're looking for, because for, for, how great, I mean, the military, they, they want that, right? They want, in the Marines for sure, you want that individual driven, but you want the collaboration. So in a way they're, they're opposed, but they're, you, they can exist together. And when they do, it's a beautiful thing. So um, they also had, by the way, their four core values in this Tavera example. Their other two values are integrity, which was a discussion, <laughs> um, but, they, but we stuck with integrity in their case for, for very good and, and sort of personal reasons. Um, but they also had caring. Now, integrity might suggest that, um, you know, if you're so stoic and, in, and integral that, that, that perhaps you're not caring, but we're looking for integrity to be paired with the caring value. So, you know, it's, um, does that answer almost, your question? It, yeah, it's a bit of a, a it's more of an art than a science. It's more yeah, of an sure. art than a science, Benj, but yeah. I hope that's, that's, that's answers your question a little yeah. bit. So as we wrap, tell us how companies, you know, if they're struggling in this area or better have an opportunity in this area, what, how, do, how do they engage with you? Oh, well, there's, uh, gosh, there's at least several ways they could engage. I mean, first of all, they, they could just go and read the book. And the, at the end of every book is a work section, which they could, with their team, go ahead and, and really achieve a lot of what I would do if, if they implement. Um, but as we know, um, and of course, System and Soul is born to do exactly this for, for your cust clients and for your uh, operators, is... Um, a lot of people work better with a coach, with a, with, a, with a leader, with somebody from outside who's going to guide. And in that case, they can either work with me or they can work with one of my actuators who um, is, is, is a trained you know, professional that can implement the Culture Fix for them. And then there's one other opportunity, which if they go to the Culture Fix Academy and sign up there for a monthly subscription, it's a membership. Uh, they can also then just follow the 109 courses arranged in 20 classes, implementable over four months, and they can also do that. So if they've got a passionate culture czar within the company, they might like that option. Um, but I'm here to help. Yeah. I love this work. And um, they can reach out to me, will at culturezars.com. Thank you, Will. We'll put all that in the show notes for anybody interested. Head on over there and get you some Will Scott and the Culture Fix. Give yeah. us one thing to go do. If you want, you want every company, every leader listening to go do one thing after they end this podcast, what is it? So one of the most unique things that we do with our culture program is we make sure that everyone's core values are depicted graphically. Again, go and check out the case study uh, and the several for my clients. All of them have a core chart, which is a combination of the core values with the core purpose and imagery that just makes the whole scenario pop and makes it very memorable. Robert Horn from Stanford University said, when you combine words with images, you augment your communal intelligence. How beautiful is that? Augment communal intelligence. If you're talking culture, why wouldn't you want to do that? You know? So yes, 
make sure that you don't just have black, black words on a white piece of paper for your cultural des description. Make them graphical and beautiful, and you will get a lot more alive and thrive going on, which will power you to drive your organization with leading with culture. Beautiful. Thank you, Will. All Thanks right. for hanging out with us. System and Soul, we'll see you next week for another episode of System and Soul.